Hello everyone, I hope you are well. I'm Carlos Carnicero Uravallen and I want to welcome you all to Future is Blue, a series of podcasts bringing together top experts from academia and think tanks to discuss the most pressing European economic and policy challenges of today. This is a Funkas Europe initiative and we hope we can bring new ideas for a more inspiring debate about Europe. episode we will cover the reform of EU fiscal rules, a very sensitive issue touching very deeply on member states' sovereignty. So let me welcome today's contributors. I'm joined by Jonas Fernandez, member of the European Parliament and coordinator of the Socialists and Democrats in the Committee on Economic and Monetary Affairs. Thank you for joining us, Jonas. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure. All right. And Jonas is, is joining us from Strasbourg. And I'm, I'm talking to you from Madrid, from Brussels, and now we're traveling to Madrid, where Raymond Torres, Funcas Europe director, is joining us. Hello, Raymond. Hello. The current rules were born long time ago. They were born in the 90s, and in a nutshell, they, ma they mandate member states to keep public debt below 60% and public deficits below 3% of GDP. Fiscal rules were suspended last year so that member states had fiscal margin to fight an unprecedented crisis. But now everyone seems to agree that we need a new framework. So, Jonas, is everyone on board with the idea of renegotiating fiscal rules or there are some resistance? What's your view from the European Parliament? Oh, it's, it's not easy yeah, to answer directly to this question. I, of course, there are some members and some uh, national governments who are not willing yet to review the fiscal rules. But uh, I do believe that it's completely impossible uh, to come back to the current fiscal rules in the next spring. In April, uh, we expect European Commission uh, propose uh, the coming back to the rules uh, because it's not easy to keep the current escape clause uh, in the medium term. Uh, but uh, it's completely impossible to expect member states uh, are able to reduce their debt uh, toward 60% on, on the current path. Uh, because a part of the stability and growth uh, path, as you know, after the last financial crisis, uh, Europe passed uh, more regulation to control even more what national governments do uh, in their fiscal policy. And now, uh, with the current rules, member states will have to reduce their debt above 60% of their GDP uh, at a path of 120th uh, per year. So this uh, fast reduction of debt uh, means that uh, member states will have to register a very high primary surplus uh, during the next few years. And I think that this is something completely impossible. So I can understand some resistance. Uh, the resistance is there, uh, but coming back to the current rules, to the real rules, is not, is not feasible. So, um, Raymond, coming back to the old rules is a sort of a suicide for recovering Europe, I imagine. So, do you think we need 
we need uh, we need new rules after the, the pandemic. That's certain. Yes, I, in addition to the argument uh, which uh, has been put forward by Juanas, which I completely agree, which is a question of uh, uh, you know impossibility of applying existing rules immediately after they got suspended, you know, as from 2023, there is another another argument, which is the argument of coherence. Uh, I mean, Europe has uh, agreed on a number of environmental targets, uh, which is basically to reduce carbon emissions and, 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 and try to achieve carbon neutrality in a way, in a, in a reasonable time period. And uh, for in order to achieve this, it's quite clear that we need much more investment. And if this investment does not take place, not only will we miss those targets, which have been agreed by all countries, including uh, not only, of course, um, uh, Germany, France, every, every country, Spain, of course, has agreed to this, but uh, not only will we miss the environmental targets, but in addition to that, it will be very difficult to address the, uh, uh, the transition, the energy transition, because the uh, kind of tensions which are happening at the moment in energy markets, which are producing, of course, more price pressures, but more importantly, um, you know, impacting on economies, uh, can only be addressed in the medium to longer run if we invest. And for that, fiscal rules have to be consistent, have to make room for that additional investment. We know from the past that when applying uh, present fiscal rules, what happened is that uh, investment was one of the main victims, one of the main adjustment mechanisms, which is, was to reduce investment because that was the only way to achieve fiscal targets. If, they, if this was done this, in this situation, it would be bad from the point of view of environment, European environmental com commitments, and bad from the point of view of uh, uh, trying to um, nurture the economic recovery. So. Uh, Jonas, um, Raimond is pointing to a key issue here, and, and Europe is emerging from the pandemic with uh, with a lot of ambition when it comes to the green transition, and that requires a lot of a lot of investment. And for instance, the think tank Bruegel has proposed a green golden rule. Um, do you agree with that principle, so that the green investment can be can can be uh, treated differently to other investments when we consider the new rules? I think that what uh, my my friend uh, Raymond uh, has put in this debate is very relevant, and I think that with my arguments and his argument we can close the debate in in the way that we have to think how we manage uh, with the debt legacy, uh, the debt that member states issues uh, during the last uh, few years, and this is not easy what we should do with this. And the next debate, it was Raymond and, and Bruegel with this uh, report uh, has put on the on the table. My, my point is, okay, it's true that we need to invest so much in the future to comply with our commitments in, with the Paris Accord and with our commitments in the green transition. But this is not enough. Yeah, this is not enough because just now, uh, next year, uh, next spring, uh, the Commission will review the escape clause and with independence of our challenges in the medium term, we have a very high public debt that is completely uh, impossible to reduce uh, in the path that the current rules um, 
the current rules let let us yeah so so i think that this is the two arguments and my concerns if i can say this is that i, I think that maybe there is more room in capitals to introduce uh, some kind of a green uh, golden rule than than appetite to review the path uh, to the reduction of public debt that we have to do in the next years. Mm. I see. So the green golden rule is not enough. Even if we agreed on the green, green golden rule, the key issue stays there. So Raymond, for instance, I know that uh, Professor Paul de Gros has has said, for instance, that it doesn't make any sense to have a 60% uh, ceiling for everyone. Like, like targets should be flexible and they should consider the specific needs of, of each country. Do you agree with that principle or are those the kinds of ideas that we should incorporate in the new rules? I agree with Paul De Gros that uh, the threshold of 60% is, is not grounded on economic basis, neither on common sense nor on actual experience. For example, we have countries that have more than 60% public debt, but that public debt is utilized in order to promote the economic potential of countries, and as, and as such, it is a useful debt. Uh, and so it really depends on what you do with public debt. This is something which has been actually highlighted by IMF research. Uh, uh, so what matters is what you do with public debt rather than public debt itself. So the threshold of 60% is not grounded on solid uh, evidence. That said, I think it's important to keep uh, fiscal discipline because <coughs> otherwise, if only for political reasons, there would be no agreement in Europe uh, to any reform of uh, fiscal rules. And so there has to be some, some sort of uh, fiscal uh, kind of reference. And what matters is to have a reference that makes sense and which is feasible now in the short term. So my suggestion, given the, the many different uh, political perspectives, would be to keep uh, something very simple, which is for those countries that have not recovered the uh, kind of uh, economic situation that prevailed before the crisis, uh, they, should be, they should be allowed still to uh, uh, fill in the, this gap, this output gap with fiscal inputs. So it's important to take that into account because otherwise, and that's the second argument, if you yeah, try to apply the existing rules too abruptly, what will happen is that you will force recessions in countries. And therefore, the fiscal situation will eventually even get worse. So actually, it would be counterproductive even from the point of view of fiscal objectives themselves. In addition, in some other countries, because they may not do that, in, in, in fact, those fiscal rules will simply not be applied. So uh, if only for reasons of realism, uh, practicality and for fiscal objectives themselves it's important to have uh, a fiscal adjustment mechanism which is applicable uh, given the present post-pandemic situation. What's at stake here as well is the the credibility of the European Commission because for some member member states the Commission has lacked credibility because enforcement of the current rules has been very very weak to say the least. So do you think that the Commission can recover some credibility here with new rules that are really respected by everyone? I think that the problem is not is not just the Commission. Yeah, it's at the end of the day, the problem, the problem is the rules. This is another debate. The current rules are thought 
only on the base of what each member state has to do. But we don't internalize properly the spillover efforts of the national fiscal policies. And, and this is another argument, not only for reviewing the fiscal rules, but also to keeping the next generation EU from a structural point of view. Because with the current rules or with the new rules, uh, rules thought only to be applied on member states individually, they are not able to, to, to let the European Union have a global consolidated position from a fiscal point of view. Fiscal rules are not, are not allow us to, to manage other macroeconomic uh, imbalances um, and honestly, uh, I think that the Commission did uh, the best as they were able, yeah, with the with the rules. But at the end of the day, we are applying rules on member states without internalizing the effort outside of the outside of each country and without taking into account other macroeconomic risks that they are on the table. Yeah, so this is another long debate. Uh, maybe we will have time to, to, to debate how we can keep the next generation EU in the long term and structurally, but this is something that we need to do. Uh, but it's true that if there is appetite to keep next generation EU, national fiscal rules can be different, yeah, because the room for maneuver will be different because we will have a European support in future crises. I think that what matters is, is the rules themselves. The, the Commission is there to, in a way, implement the rules or, or guide the countries through the rules. It cannot change the rules. So the, the top priority is to have rules that at least are adjusted in the short term. In the longer term, maybe more time is needed for countries to find a political space, to find a, a new agreement. But in, at least in the short term, in other words, until the countries are fully recovered from the pandemic, and there's still a long, a long, a long way to go because it's not just recovering the pre-pandemic level upwards. You also need to recover, in a way, the growth trajectory which prevailed uh, before the crisis. So I think there's a long way to go. Uh, so the, the most important thing with that said, I think uh, the the Commission itself it's important that it focuses more on the kind of, uh, of it provides more of a qualitative assessment and a qualitative, qualitative uh, guidance to countries rather than uh, have, having a, a fixation on uh, quantitative rules. Uh, in other words, it's the processes, the mm, extent to which a judgment on the extent to which countries are using fiscal space in order to promote long-term potential, this is much more important. And the extent to which countries are doing reforms in general, this is much more important than any quantitative uh, guidance, any quantitative follow-up of any of the rules that will be agreed. So I think a shift in the uh, job of the position of, of, the, of the European Commission is extremely important as well. One last question, Jonas, because I, I imagine uh, next year, I imagine uh, member states like the Netherlands saying, okay, we agreed on next generation. Um, it was remarkable how much we, we achieved and how much we, we were... Um, we were um, we were not orthodox as we normally are, uh, and this time we deserve some fiscal consolidation. So because we already because on our side we were flexible with next generation, now we expect others to really take fiscal consideration very seriously. 
So do you, do you see a risk of hardliners coming back uh, on the table with this kind of demands and that this may uh, jeopardize recovery? I think that we were very orthodox, yeah. Uh, creating and setting up the next generation new. Uh, I think that it's a textbook on macroeconomics say that if you are facing a deep crisis, you need to keep internal demand through fiscal policies. Um, and the problem that we had is national fiscal policies were not enough, as we saw, by the way, in the previous crisis uh, between 2008 and 2010, when after uh, the G20 decision, member states uh, invested uh, so much and we faced uh, the sovereign crisis in, in 2010. So what we did until now, I think that it has been very, very orthodox. Uh, so the point is that what we can expect for the future. So, so first, I think that we need to keep in the generation and a structural point of view if we want to have a, a coherence a monetary union. If the next generation is there, I think that we can accept other kind of fiscal rules because at the end of the day, what we are thinking about is how fiscal policy at a whole, not only national fiscal policy, but also European fiscal policy can play in future, in future crises. Uh, but it's true that maybe for the next spring, we will not have enough time yeah, to analyze how the next generation has been working, uh, if it has been working well, so, now. so I can imagine that for the next spring, we will not be ready yeah, to, to debate in deep uh, how we can keep next generation new in the long term. Uh, and in that case, uh, the Green Golden Rule is one of the elements that we need to, to, to tackle. But honestly, I think that is even more relevant how we can manage with the debt that member state has issues in the last two years. Because if we come back to what the rules say just now, uh, we, as you said in your question, uh, you can face a very, a very, you know, we can live a very difficult moments. Yeah. Uh, the point is that, okay, we need to review the 60%, okay, this is part of the debate. Indeed, the ESM uh, has published two weeks ago a new proposal when they uh, proposed to increase the threshold from 60% to 100%. This is, is a good idea, but for me, it's even more relevant to review the, the, the speed of the reduction that we have nowadays on the rules, the 120th per year. Uh, uh, because, uh, and there is another argument for this, because the, the the revision of this number, the revision of the of this path of the reduction of public debt that we have on the rules, can be changed by ordinary procedure, by legislative ordinary procedure, uh, taking the decision by majority in parliament and congress and, and council. Uh, the problem to review the threshold from 60% to 100% or their number uh, is that we need to review the path. And in that case, the path is a treaty and we need unanimity. So it's true that it's completely you know, impossible and there is not any economic rationality behind the 60%. I agree uh, with, with Raymond. Uh, the point is that from a political point of view, I think that there will be very difficult to change this figure. My point is that it's more relevant and, and more uh, needed just now to review the path that member state has to follow 
forward the uh, forward the limit yeah and, and, and we can do it uh, through uh, ordinary procedure yeah and, and this is easier than than checking the the, the treaties okay Jonas, i think you're 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 ready to to um to work in the parliament in that in that direction if others uh, agree with you uh, thank you so much for joining us no thank you Thank you so much. Raymon Torres, Funca Europe Director, thank you for joining thank us. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you all for joining. This was all for now. We will come back soon with more exciting speakers on Europe's economic and policy-related key debates. Future is Blue is a Funca's Europe initiative. I'm Carlos Carnicero Ravallen, And if you enjoyed this podcast, feel free to recommend it to others and share it on social media. Thank you all and stay well.